Hey, Adam. Yeah. It's, it's dominant. You, that? You, you look cringy right well, now. Well, it's, it's either dominant or diminished. Cringy. I'm just crunchy. Let's dominate our diminished. Crink, crinky, she. Dear listener, I'm so sorry. That, what, are we in a bowling alley, really? Peter? Is that worth a cut in for real? It was well, kind of a little. I mean, you, you like didn't? It was like you. Okay, I I made a little sound. I'm are we sorry. taking shots? Like Man, you dude, finished drinking? Your I'm spin taking drift, spindrift shots, and like, you slammed it like Nostrovia. raspberry. Yeah, like, it was crazy, man. Come okay, on. dude, you you totally cut the music out at an awkward time. You're. Imposition was worse than the original. Well, I just the cure get... was worse than the. the no, no. The, Listen, the I care disease. about our. I don't know about you. I can't speak for you, Peter, but I yeah. care care about our audience, and I just our, our users. Fear, <laughs> our, our fear, I fear for their ears, man. No, come on, man. Jeez. Anyway, I excuse my uh, my insolent uh, insurrection, but also forgive Adam. Insolent for insurrection. Just say the right words, Peter. Just say <laughs> the right. Just play the right note. Just say the right words, man. Okay, warning. Full disclosure: We have a warning. Adam has new buttons. <laughs> let me let me explain because we're audio. Are we audio only today? We are audio okay. Only. So we have some proprietary hardware here on the podcast that's not available anywhere else. Just kidding. Every single podcast uses this hardware. I think a lot of them do. It's wonderful. Big shout out for Rode uh, and their Rodecaster for uh, allowing us to purchase at full retail price <laughs> this Rodecaster. But it's basically you know a mixing board for podcasting, but then Adam has these eight illuminated buttons. And I'm just going to press them because Adam had to get up. I don't know what he's doing now. But I'm going to press them one by one just to steal a little bit of thunder. Here's the first one. I press the button. Okay, we know that. That's the theme song. That's important. That's a brilliant song. But then the next one. You're not stupid. Jazz is stupid. Okay, that's Dwight from The Office. He's programmed that. Here's the next and one. Just play the right note. That's Angela uh, from The Office talking about jazz. I'll play and tell you what it is later. That's Miles Davis. I like that one a little more. That's a little more applicable. I'm going to fix that for you right now. Harry Connick. Now, would that be something you might be interested in? That's from The Entourage. I forget the name of that actor. What's his name, Adam? I don't know. Yeah. Is that Martin Landau? Now, this button I like. This you don't use enough. Have you stopped using that? I use it I use it at the very beginning of the show, but you slammed. And then you've got Allen Iverson. Not a game. I don't know if AI is going to hang on very much, but yeah. I'm so excited about this one specifically. Yeah, play look. the right notes. You know what I mean? Like, but I wanted to warn our listeners that you've got some new toys. You've got a sparkle in just your eye. Just be prepared. Just yeah. be prepared. Yeah. You've got I, a hoodie on. You've got a, a an overshirt. Yeah. Is that a Carhartt? No. no it looks no, Carhartt-esque. It's Carhartt-esque. Car- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's, it's like Nordstrom off. upper brand of Carhartt. Yeah. I just got hip to Carhartt. Everyone's Does this have anything them. to do with the podcast? No, but everyone's, anybody, everyone's like, what, what What? have I arrived at here? So, you know, I grew up in High Ridge, and everybody used to wear Carhartt, but not the way that they're wearing it now. <laughs> yeah. You know, now it's, it's a thing. It, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a thing. Um, anyway. Uh, this so, is the You'll Hear podcast. Did we even say that? Because it, people it might be confused. No, I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And this is the You'll Hear podcast. Jazz. Explain. Oh, that's a pregnant pause. <laughs> But yeah, we are. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, some music stuff today. We're going to go nitty gritty, Peter. We're going to make the ultimate connection between Carhartt workwear and the Lydian dominant scale. You didn't think there was a? Oh no, not Lydian. What are we doing? Diminish? Diminish. Dominate your diminish. Dominate. There's your not diminish. a connection between Carhartt and either one of those. But we're gonna well, they're hardworking. 
they're hardworking. They and they're you, hard to listen to. <laughs> and they they're hard and they get you where you need to go. Right. You, you don't know? think they're gonna get you there. Yeah. And then once you get there, you want to take them off immediately. That's right. <laughs> so let's get into it, man, because this came about because uh, we were working we've been working in Open Studio Pro on the daily guided practice session on the Barry Harris Six Diminished. Yes. Right. And so one of the things that we talk about with the six diminished is using a diminished chord shape, a diminished seventh chord shape on five chords. Basically, Are we talking about a fully diminished or just a diminished Fully triad? diminished, fully diminished chord shape okay. on your dominant chords to give you that dominant seven flat nine. So if you build your, your like say, G7 chord. Yes. Right? Here's our G. We're going to go G7 to C. Right? If you build your G7 chord with a B diminished shape. Yeah. Right? That'll take you nicely to your little C6 or C major yeah. 7. So a lot but of people are having... would it also having, take you to... If you wanted, C minor. It could take you to a C minor. Yeah, that's that's the great thing about them. Yeah. It's like this, these diminished shapes built off of the third of your dominant chord. Yeah. Actually built off of the third, fifth, yeah, I was gonna seven, say, yeah, or why, flat but, nine. But explain why that is... Why you think about it as the third. So your fully diminished shape here, the B diminished shape over the G, right, is B, D, F, and A flat. That's built on minor thirds. It's a stack of minor thirds. If we take the lowest note, B, and we move it up an octave, we get the next inversion, which are the same four notes, right? If we take now the lowest note, D, and move that up an octave, we get yeah. F, A flat, B, and D. The same four notes, just a different inversion, and we can do one more, taking F up... Now, notice I'm keeping the G on the bottom here, the G in the bass, because all four of these inversions, here's just a simple four-way close, right? Yeah. All four of these are G7 flat nines because they contain the third, the seventh, right. the fifth, and the flat nine. And there's a symmetry with these that we only see one other place, at least in kind of the obvious view of this, in that all the intervals are the same as you go through your inversion, which That's is kind right. of unusual. Because like, if unusual. you have a, you know... Or even like jazz arpeggio, whatever. It seems like thirds, yeah, but some of them are minor thirds, some of them are major, depending on where you are in the thing. So the other interesting thing... And oh, that the, didn't interest you. No, did. that is interesting. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying the other interesting thing that... And, and this is the part that is kind of tripping people up, I think. So because of the symmetry of it, I have G in the bass here. This is a G7 yeah. flat nine, but we can move this root around in minor thirds. Like put an e, e in the bass. That's now an E7 flat nine using the same four notes. So just B, D, F, and right. A flat. Here's here's with G, yep. G7 flat nine. Here's with E. Yep. E7 flat nine, right? Yep. The same four notes. Because here in E, we still have the third, the seventh, the yeah. fifth, right? And the flat nine. They're just moving around. And you could do it again for B C flat, sharp. C sharp. Yeah. yeah, you could do it again for B flat. That's very interesting. I never thought about it like that. Right. So because you can move that around, check this out. This is what was blowing people's mind. And by the way, this is all part of like the, the Barry Harris method, right? The Barry Harris way of thinking of it. And it's so brilliant. So here we have our G7 flat nine with our B diminished shape resolving to C. Right? Five one. As simple as it gets. But check it out. I'm going to use the same. Here's B, D, F, and A flat going to A, C, E, and G. Just a C, a C6 shape. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep the right hand the same, but I'm going to change the bass note and listen to what happens. Here's another time, 5, 1, and C. What about this? Right? A 5, 1 in C's relative minor, minor right? A minor, because now this is E7 flat 9 going to A minor 7. Right. Which this kind of opens up a whole new world of possibilities, because what you hear a lot of players do 
Sorry. Is, oh, Peter can't help himself. No, no, well, no, I'm just I'm hearing some you're stuff. Hearing now. Some stuff. What a lot of players do is like say if you have a two five one in the key of C. Yeah. This D minor seven, you can literally use F six. Yeah. The F six shape nice. going to this, you know, what you might call a C sharp diminished shape, which is really A seven flat nine, yeah. right? Going to your G7. Now we're making music. Now we're making music. And, that, and that's really why this is so brilliant. Like, we've been working on time after time. Mm. Mm. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. These are all just... Either six chords. Mm-hmm. Mm. So There's that so that there is a perfect example. So that's the three chord, right? We're in the key of C. Yep. So this is a little thing where the melody is right, mm-hmm. E minor seven to A seven. The melody is A G F sharp. Right, so this is like a B seven flat nine going to E minor seven, B seven flat nine going to E minor seven. Nice. There's Again. so much adaptable tension within those that you can use and kind of almost like dial in exactly where you want it, depending on what the where you are in the phrase. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what you're doing. You're creating tension by creating five one cadences within a chord. Right. So here you have D minor seven, which is like a two chord, not a one chord. This is like a D minor six. Literally like a Dorian sound two chord, but you can create these little tensions when you have the melody doing, you know, something like. Mm. All of those, and that's all diminished, man. That's all a diminished shape, adding that little bit of tension to your regular six shape. It's really, really brilliant. But it all starts with that idea, Peter, of getting to know these. Yep. And by getting to know, let's just say, how they sound, but also how they feel yeah. as you're moving through. And you've only got three you need you to You only learn, have three, exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a blessing and a curse. Right. Because it makes you, you have to remember what, what right. each one, which But each I mean, so many, is. so many applications, even we won't get into all the melodic things you can do, but it's like anytime you're locking in these shapes um, from a chordal standpoint, you're also opening up the opportunity for them to be little cells of... Well, melodic content and that's where we're going with this right yep. the idea is not to just throw your hands on the keyboard like a brick although it works great throw in- your hands on the keyboard like you just have a brick <laughs> no it works great in like a block chord context yep. but ultimately though you can you can use this idea to create great counter melodies you can borrow from the diminished just one note you know yep. and change little things and it really adds this like beautiful tapestry can i throw just one little aspirational please alteration to this please that I, I would like please so once you play the yeah, whatever no, no. you do. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I warned you guys. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're inverting the diminished here, starting on the third, as you as you taught us. What else would we possibly want to do? What if we we know that the diminished scale is going to be enharmonically or diatonically the same coming off of the half whole diminished on the root, right? Yeah, if you're dealing with a diminished scale. There's a few ways to think about this, by the way. Okay. Go ahead. I want to see where you're going with this. But all those... Okay, so if I'm looking at... What's something else I could do? 
up to that major seventh, which is still part of the... Right? It's not your... We're going from the diminished seventh to the major seventh, right? Coming off the third. Yeah, yeah. And then we can take this, and instead of inverting it... Because, you know, the thing with this, yeah, we're inverting it, but we're also taking that through the diminished cycle. It's just they're the same when you're in that... Because of the symmetry of those stacked minor thirds. Once you go... And then we go through the diminished cycle. Don't invert it, but... We're yeah. taking that shape and actually going through. Whereas this, taking that shape through is the same as inverting. Whereas so you're talking is- about just taking the top note of this, basically the top note and going one uh, scale tone up the half hole diminished scale. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's I mean, it happens to be to from the major seven to the diminished seven, but that's exactly what it is. But did you know you could also do it in a way that is even a little bit more diatonic? Like, okay. let's say we're going G7 to C minor. Yeah. Right? So imagine here you're borrowing... Instead of from the half whole diminished scale, uh, or the whole half, depending on... Yeah. Instead of you're borrowing from that scale, you're borrowing from the E-flat 6 diminished scale. Right? Because that's the relative major of C minor, the key that we're in, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Nice. Nice. It gives you a little bit more of an inside sound. Yep. Some of them are the same, but it, it can... So in other words, here, this is G7. We're really surrounding everything using a B diminished. But the other notes are are essentially C minor 7. The other notes you can borrow from are yeah. a C minor 7. Oh, nice. it's, it's a way to kind of keep it inside a little bit. That the But this is more tense. So here's the thing. There's no right or wrong to no, this. No, no, no. Like this, the one that Peter was talking about off the diminished, works great and is super tense. Right. And you can do all these great... Uh, these sort of great symmetrical things. This idea of here's your B diminished, your your bar, quote unquote borrow notes, notes that you can borrow are C minor seven. It gets you well, more. It's of really a, fun when you start to combine it. Oh my gosh! Well, then you're just you got twelve notes to work right, with. You exactly. know what I mean? But yeah, it, but I mean the shapes that you do and how you come in and out of it because the as great as this is, if you want to go melodically with. Like that, it starts to sound like a classical etude or something. Yeah, exactly. So you need to have those borrowed notes and those totally. places where you're going even more tense, a little crunchier. And it's really up to you. Like, you know, always consider like how, for just artistically, like how inside do I want to be? Yeah. How diatonic do I want to be? Is this an, a, an appropriate time to really like throw that E natural in a C minor, right? Or right. that D flat, you know, like really get in there with that diminished. That's very Herbie Hancockish. Yeah, you know. And what I mean? think just to you know clarify for our dear listeners who I do care about deeply, um, <laughs> yeah, is, dang it, <laughs> is um, I think what you mean by that, what we mean is not like decide how you want to do it for the night or for your style. We're talking about sometimes for a couple of beats. Oh yeah. It's like what's appropriate, like how much how much of that tension and release are you going to dial in for the moment? And it's not an exact science and that's what makes this fun. But these do become little stylistic hallmarks of different players totally. in terms of when they do it to the listener. It's like, oh I love it when he does that Chick Corea's type of thing. There's a kind of science behind it that nobody needs to know. But yeah. if you want to play it you need to know it. I mean really most importantly is follow your ears. And by that like So we, number one listen? We number one listen. No, but it's true 
because yeah. it's not just your it's, your ears are not just like uh, you know your guide for for what it's not just skin stuck on the side of our head. No, man, it, you're, you're, it's it's your artistic vision. That's what your yeah. ears are. It's the music that's in your head, and so we're curating as we go with this stuff. Totally. So it's like you know you play something and it's like a little bit more than you thought. So you pull back. Like this is a device. It's not just it's like volume. You have tension within harmony, which is really what this is. You know where you're placing the the beat in the groove. If there's syncopation, like we have all these different little dials that we can be playing around with and practicing and experimenting. But listening while you're practicing is so important because you can get this stuff in your hands. You can understand the science of it, understand the theory of it, but never be able to really fully apply it because you've never made that connection between like how to curate in real time. And that starts with the ears, you know, and that's, I think the hardest thing because people are like, well, I know this, but I can't play it. It's like, it, it, it doesn't matter to know. I mean, yeah, you need to know, but you need to be able to hear it. You need to be able to hear it. And then even if you don't nail it every time, you need, you need to be able to hear it when you don't nail it. Yeah. That's almost as important as hearing it when you do nail yeah, it. Yeah, it all starts with the music in your head. Yeah. And if, you, if you're not hearing it, you're right. It it's doesn't even count. What if there's voices in your head? I've been having that problem. Lately. I have is that a lot different? of those. Voicings in my head. There's voicings in my head. No, but if, you know, it is one of those things that it's not really real unless you can play it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not really real unless it comes out organically. We yeah. get, we get, oh, do we get letters from people who know all kinds of theories? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? More than us. More than us. And I'm not convinced that it's embodied in their playing. You yeah. know what I mean? Because and there's nothing wrong. We're not like preaching ignorance here. We know some no, stuff. No, but, but, but there is, you know, there is a little bit of something of like, why did Roy Hargrove not want to talk about music that much? Right. You know what I mean? Like, why did Miles not want to talk about theory a ton? Like, yeah. It's like, you, you, I mean, that. enjoy the sausage. Don't worry about how the sausage yeah. is made. I mean, if you're a sausage maker, yeah, learn how to do that. Yeah. But don't, don't expect that that's going to be of more interest. Sausage is disgust. I can't even go with you this analogy. Palate. You should palate. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Peter. That was super fun, that man. Was fun. Thanks for my new buttons. You're not oh, stupid. Jazz. Jazz, jazz is stupid. stupid. Totally, Dwight. Totally. Yeah, way to go, Dwight. Way to have a jazz podcast where we constantly press a button that says jazz is stupid. Jazz explained. That's a funny clip. That is funny. We are sponsored by... Mm-hmm. Our dear friends over at Open Studio Jazz in there. Yeah. Um, open Studio. So you were talking about the Open Studio Pro program. Yeah. Is that open currently? I know sometimes we, you've, it, you've gated it due to too we, many. We have gated it when it starts to, to get a little uh, bloated because it's 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 so personal. Right? Yeah. Like we want to have uh, personal touches with all the members. But right now it is open. So if okay. you would like to join Open Studio Pro, that's, a, that's something where we we practice at least twice a day every weekday. Yes. Uh, actually, every day except for Sunday, we practice twice a day live on Zoom with our members. Yep. Uh, Peter's in there sometimes. Many Wednesdays. I'm in there three days a week. We've got Chris Parks from the things I've learned from Barry Harris uh, YouTube channel. Great guitarist, great teacher, is in there twice a week. Bob Debu's in there three or four times a week. Max Gamiz is in there teaching you how to transcribe. It's pretty awesome, man. It is awesome, and there's a lot of stuff, but none of it is required. No. So it, but it, it, there's nothing that like if you miss it at this time, and almost everything is recorded and available. Everything right? is recorded. We also have like like guest master classes from right. people like Amy Nolte and exclusive, yeah, guest master classes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it's been really, really cool. Yeah. So check that out at openstudiojazz.com/slash/pro. Yeah. P R O. And until next time, you'll hear it.